Hey, what's up there, Warrior? It is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 361. So I get to review a lot of bug out bags out there, and frankly, you'd be amazed at the sucky features that even the most expensive bags are using. So in this week's episode, I'm going to reveal the top 10 suckiest features that you should be on the lookout for. Let's go shopping. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. All right. Hey there. Welcome back. This is Jeff Anderson, Executive Director of WarriorLife.com. And, you know, I've been making a lot of videos on our YouTube channel about bug out bags and survival gear, and the comments have been pouring in with both questions and a lot of people's like their, their own survival gear tips. And frankly, I love it. Like I love to, to reevaluate my own plans and see what other people are doing. And it's making a big difference out there. People are really kind of getting a good reality check about their bags and the gear that they're using and how they're really approaching their entire kind of forced evacuation plan or actually their, their entire survival plan. So, so lots of good stuff happening out there. Now, one of the things that I see in the comments are the specific bags that people are using for their bug out bags. And these range from the so-called freebies that you can pick up online. So some people are saying, hey, I just got this thing for free. All I had to do is pay shipping. Um, other people are using super expensive ones that are, that are kind of the hot items in the tactical market. So being the go bag junkie that I am and a big believer that your bug out bag should form the core of your survival plan, I have bought, tested, used, thrown away more backpacks than I can count, uh, which actually can't be over 20 because that's as far as my fingers and toes go up to. But um, let me start off by saying before we go into these features that you do get what you pay for most of the time. But lately I've been testing out some of the super expensive ones that are on the market and some of their features are sometimes even worse than the lower price ones. So here are the 10 worst feature mistakes that you can use to review your own bug out bag that you currently have or while you're shopping for a new one. So the first mistake I see is the bag is just not big enough. Now look, I'm a huge fan of going ultra light when it comes to your gear. That is because of my experience in the military. Um, I was in 10th Mountain Division, light infantry. Most of the time we were walking with our gear wherever we were going. Uh, we didn't have tracks. We didn't have things like that that would bring us out there. Sometimes we would get a nice helicopter to bring us out on the mission. And sometimes we were walking all the way back with no helicopter. So we had to do a lot of walking. Um, so ultralight is great. The more gear that you have, the faster you're probably going to throw that stuff off to the side when it really starts hurting. But that doesn't mean that you want to go ultralight with the size of your bag. See, the bag should, shouldn't really weigh all that much. It, and the material itself is not going to weigh much. So it's better to have more room and not need it than not having enough room when you do need it. You might come across things like food or other supplies that, that you might be that you might need. And if you don't have room for it and you just end up throwing it in your cargo pants or whatever, it's, it's going to become more cumbersome. You want to be able to keep all that stuff 
very organized and distribute the weight evenly as best you can inside of a bag. And what makes that easier is actually having a bag that's big enough. So I recommend that you have at least 30 liters of size, um, all the way up to 50 liters is what I really recommend. Again, it's better to go bigger and, and not need it. All right. So I find a lot of these bags, especially the freebies that are out there, are really just super small bags and people feel like they're they're going ultra light with it. But it really doesn't give them the 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 options that they might need in true use for survival purposes. The second mistake that, that I see is poor framing of the backpack or no structure at all. So everybody's body body type is different. You might be overweight, underweight, you might have a high torso length, you might be shorter, your waist size might be bigger, where you carry your weight on your body might be bigger, smaller in certain areas. So everybody's body type is very different. Frames oftentimes are not very accommodating to body structure. They're kind of a one size fits all. They don't really adjust very well. They're meant to kind of sit in your lower back and, and provide curvature there. But even the curvature of people's backs is oftentimes very different. So hard frames are, are not very accommodating. Um, the other thing when it comes to frames, because they're like integrated frames that are, that are essentially like some sort of plastic that is built into the pack itself. Um, there are also hard frames, which I carried in the early days of being in the military as well, which were kind of the older ones, the older, the older Alice packs that had a metal frame on them. Uh, the problem with these, it does provide a lot more ventilation, which is awesome, but it doesn't provide, it basically sets the, the weight further away from your back, which makes it feel heavier. So I recommend that you have something that, um, I recommend that you not have framing, but you do need to have something that is going to allow it to conform to your body in the right way and have breathability. I'll go over that here in just a second. So the third feature that really sucks out there is, uh, and this one's huge, I see this all the time, and that is either having no belt for the pack itself or a very poorly constructed belt. So again, in 10th Mountain Division, my days in light infantry, we would do a 100-mile road march every year and seven miles every week if we were out of, out of the field. And we were in the field, we were doing much, much more than that. We were walking out there, oftentimes about 10 to 15 miles, then doing a lot of marching around with our packs out, out in the woods and then, and then all the way back usually as well. So a lot of walking around. You really get to know your bug out bag and how, how to adjust it, how to carry it and what features really work well. Without having a belt there, uh, well, first of all, you, you need to carry your weight on your hips. So a lot of the, if, if, a, if a backpack does not have a belt to it, uh, it's just, it's the worst design ever because you're carrying all of that weight on your shoulders, which is going to fatigue really fast. It's going to make the, the pack super heavy. It's going to re, uh, limit your maneuverability because it's not going to be based upon your, it's not going to be centered around your core of your body, which is going to be on your hips. So you really, you need a belt, but most of the ones I see out there also have a very poor belt. It's really nothing more than essentially like a canvas belt, like kind of like a tactical belt um, where it's just a it's just a, a piece of canvas. It's not really padded at all. It just kind of it just kind of goes around your waist and you cinch it down. 
that's going to be really a, a really bad option as well because it's going to dig into your waist. If you're if it's doing what it's supposed to and taking the weight off of your shoulders, that means you are carrying it on your on your hips, but it is putting a lot of weight on your hips. So if it's not padded at all, if it's just a canvas belt, then it's going to dig in there and you're going to have welts on the side of your of your body and it's going to hurt like hell after a very short time period. So you're looking for a very wide strap. You need for it to be able to go around your waist. And again, I see a lot of packs out there that just aren't, they don't, uh, the waist, I mean, I get it. There's a lot of people out there that are kind of portly. You need a bag that is going to fit around your waist, uh, but it's also going to have, have to be very wide with its padding so that it'll really rest like underneath your hips, on your hips, and above your hips. So it really gives you padding in all areas there. All right, mistake number four on the sucky features are poor shoulder straps. So again, they're not, they're not for carrying the weight. Your shoulder straps are not for carrying the weight. But the more the pack sways as you walk, the more it's going to torque your spine in trying to adjust to the weight shift as you're walking. And that can easily throw your back out, whether that's your lower back or it's just going to keep torquing up near your neck and your upper back. Everybody, you know, a lot, most, a lot of people have, have back problems out there, me included. I mean, I... And I, if I sneeze and brush my teeth at the same time, like I'm going to look like my body's going to look like an S because it's going to throw me back out. And I've got a bulge disc from my time in the military and carrying sometimes a pack that weighed as much as I did. And um, I've got compressed discs from that. So you need to make sure that you're carrying the weight not on your shoulders, but you also want to make sure that you're not torquing your spine as you're walking along as well. Now, the shoulder straps um, should be able to be adjusted as many ways as possible so that you can conform the pack to your body, putting the weight where you need it to be on your hips and be padded so that they don't dig into your skin. Another big problem that I see with some of the bags that are out there. All right. Sucky feature number five is no chest strap. So this is the strap that goes in between your two shoulder straps. It's not a very, it's not going to be a very thick strap. It doesn't need to be. It just needs to be something that will keep the two, the, the two shoulder straps as close as, as you can around your, like kind of the shoulder girdle that, the girdle that you have there. And one of the ways that you can avoid friction rash uh, is by stabilizing those shoulder straps. That chest strap is going to keep them from moving around because it's going to, it's going to, kind of bring them together across your chest. Now, this also helps keep the straps from going out to the outside of your shoulders as well, because that's where they're most likely going to gravitate toward without a chest strap there. And what that's going to do is it's going to, it's going to put the weight on the outside of the shoulders and it's going to cause more fatigue on your shoulders and your neck as you're walking along. So the chest strap kind of keeps those two chest um, uh, shoulder straps cinched up toward the middle where you can carry it more on the traps of your neck and more of the core of your body, keeping it centered. And you're going to be able to kind of really center where that is there. Okay. So it's going to, it's going to help you out a lot. So definitely look for a chest strap and what you have. All right. Sucky feature number six are poor zippers. Now this is one of the ways that tactical bag companies really cut expenses with, you know, with their packs. Cause I get it. It can, 
you, you wouldn't think it would cost very much for, for zippers, but it actually does. And so what they do is they compensate for it with really bad zippers. And not too much sucks more than having the zipper give out on your bug out bag and you're trying to duct tape it together or use 550 cord, a paracord around it to keep it all together. And you have all of a sudden you look back and you find that you've been, been dropping stuff out of your pack for a while. Those zippers have got to be uh, good quality. Now, first, you want to choose zipper poles that are made out of paracord rather than metal zipper poles. Um, that way, you can easily replace the, the poles if you need to. Um, they're just super durable that way. A lot of those, those metal or plastic zipper poles can break very easily. So you want to make sure that you are using those, those, uh, the paracord if you can, because you can easily replace those if you've got some paracord on you, which you do, right? Now, for quality of the zipper itself, you want to make sure that you look on the underside of the zipper body. So if you, if you, it's, you know, the part that connects the zipper zips <laughs> on the inside of them, you, you know, basically you want to look underneath the zipper itself. And what you're looking for are the letters SBS or YKK. Those are the two high-grade zipper companies that are out there. Um, I prefer SBS. It's the one that we use in our in our XBOB packs. Um, they're good quality. Uh, SBS puts a lot of money into their research and development. So you've got to get either one of those will work out okay, but I, I personally prefer the SBS. But if they don't say SBS or YKK, don't trust the zipper. Don't trust the zipper, okay? All right. Uh, sucky feature number seven is poor back cushioning. So the frameless packs themselves oftentimes are just nothing more than raw canvas. Now, this does a couple things. One, it doesn't it doesn't provide you very much conformity um, where you can make the pack kind of kind of conform to your full back. So it might it might especially if you're packing a lot of stuff in there, it kind of makes this where it, it kind of. Uh, how do I say it? Like it, it basically balls it up and you basically, it's like wearing like a giant soccer ball on your back or a giant bowling ball. So it, it doesn't allow the, the weight to be distributed around your entire backs to, to make it feel uh, more comfortable, but also distribute that weight more. The, the ones that do have cushioning on them oftentimes don't have very good cushioning. Um, also, if it doesn't have any cushioning at all, you're going to find that it's going to rub your, it's going to rub the back a lot, and it's going to have different wear spots also because it can't be evenly distributed. So what you're looking for is a firm integrated memory foam backing. So what this is going to do is it's going to provide some structure like a framed pack without the frame, but it's going to allow it to be more conforming to your own personal body type and. If it does have different padded points in there, it's going to give a little bit more padding in the areas that you're going to need it most, where you're going to have that more wear, uh, kind of more friction areas. But it's also going to offer more breathability as well. So it'll pro provide a little bit of channeling there in between the pads so that it might keep you a little bit cooler on your back. You're not sweating as much. All right. Sucky feature number eight is not being water resistant. So look, Again, with an ultralight approach, um, you've got to understand a gallon of water is about eight pounds. And if you are in a rainy environment or a wet environment or you fall in the water, 
Um, I can tell you in the military, we had a saying, if it ain't raining, it ain't training. Because it seemed like it would be nice and sunny until we, we had to get up and go do something. And then all of a sudden it was pouring rain. And so wet gear weighs a lot. And it's also going to make you colder at night. Um, there, I mean, there's a lot of problems with wet gear. So you want to look for a bag that has water is, is made of waterproof material. Now, this isn't going to necessarily make the gear inside waterproof, but it will make it highly water resistant. So what I mean by that is there might be some, a little bit of leakage. If you don't have a good quality pack, it, it might come in from the seams themselves or it can come in from the zipper if you don't have good quality zippers. So that's why all of this kind of integrates together. Um, but if you have good zippers and you have a waterproof material, and what I mean by that is if you look on the inside of the bag, it will be smooth. You won't be able to see the canvas there. You'll see some sort of a waterproof, like rubberized material on the inside that is going to provide you that waterproof ability there. There is one thing you can do around this. If you don't have it, you can use, like you can put your stuff inside of a garbage bag or you can put it in like a dry bag that you can pack away. Uh, you, you can pack all of your gear in. But if you can find a pack with waterproof material, these are going to be best. All right, sucky feature number nine is no hydration sleeve on the inside of the pack or a hydration port. So what I'm talking about here is something where you can put a water bladder inside of and have a hose coming out of it that you can run down the shoulder strap that you can drink out of as you're walking along. So the reason for this, again, is that water is heavy. And I see a lot of people carrying some sort of a, um, I know a lot of people are really into these like water bottles these days that have integrated filters inside of them. Um, not a big fan of them. Uh, one, I see these things kind of strapped down to the outside. I like to have my water close to my body. And so having a sleeve, you know, we have a, in, in the x we have a sleeve that's right near the back. So it provides a little bit of cushioning there um, because it goes flat against the back. It also distributes the weight a little bit better. It also allows you to carry the bulk of that water close to your body. So this is going to, um, I mean, look, water again is heavy. So if you can carry two, we, we usually carry a two liter bag or up to a three liter bag in the bag itself. So this is going to allow you to distribute that weight, reduce the weight that you're carrying outside of your bag. It won't be flinging around your pack and having to like cinch it down with para 50 cord or bungee cord or something like that. And with the integrated hydration port, that hose can come out. We put an inline filter in there so you can, you can have junky water in your, in your water bladder, but you're drinking clean water and you can do it while you're on the run. So you don't have to take your pack off and, and, uh, or, or get to your canteens or anything like that. It's super easy. You can drink on the run, makes it, makes it very, very easy. Okay. And finally, sucky feature number 10, our camo design. So Look, if you've been following me any period of time whatsoever, you know that this is this is my biggest pet peeve. It is the the biggest mistake that I see people make because they want to be tactical and look like a soldier. And so they oftentimes have some sort of a camo design or an old military pack or coyote brown or something that is going to look soldier-like out there and look like a military-type bug-out bag. Um I won't go into it too much here because we, we go over it a lot in our master class that we do on military survival secrets. Uh, but bottom line is you don't want to look like a doomsday prepper. This only puts a, a target on your head in, in environments where 
there's limited resources. It looks like you've got stuff that other people don't. Like you're going to stand out. You don't want to stand out. I'm not going to go into the whole gray man technology and everything. I mean, you know, gray man was something that it was a novel concept. And now everybody's like poo-pooing it like it's um, like it's a bad word or something. You know, I think it's, it's it, it kind of has like its ups and downs. And the whole point is that you want to blend in. So uh, the worst thing you can do is have a bug out bag with like a camo design. All right. So as most people know. Um, blue, we, we pick a very uh, specific color for the X-Bob for that reason. Um, it, we call it the Invisible Bug Out Bag. Again, I won't go into it. We go into it in our master class. I, I know I get a lot of comments in the YouTube channel. People want to know where, where we sell our bag and everything. We don't have a website up for it because we only sell it to kind of people that are kind of on the inside of, um, of the knowledge thing. I, like, I just, again, I know we get a lot of questions about it. We'll probably, we might put up a, a, a sales page someday for it. But right now, um, it's only available to those people that kind of go through our masterclass and um, really believe in the technology because we put a lot of research and development. It's very, you know, we put, we put a lot of money into it and they're not cheap. So we don't, we don't just kind of throw them out there. They're not available on Amazon and stuff like that. But anyway, these are the 10 features that I suggest that you go through with your own bug out bag in your shopping or in evaluating that you have. If you're looking to upgrade, look at these 10 areas in the bags that you are looking at so that you know that you're making the right choice. All right. All right. So now go ahead and hit me up on our blog over at warriorlifepodcast.com and let me know what you thought of this episode in the comments section there. And hey, a quick shout out to retired SWAT guy who left us five stars on our podcast and said, thanks, Jeff. Since retiring, there are three things that I miss, a tightly knit team and friends, some of the things that we did in training, and the exchange of ideas. Your podcast fills in the third nicely. It makes me think, occasionally reconsider my practices, and I enjoy listening. What more could you ask for, right? Keep it up. Well, thank you, retired SWAT guy. Much appreciated for those comments there. And if you out there are loving our podcast, please go ahead and leave us a badass review wherever you listen in. You can find us and subscribe on the channels that you listen to, whether that's iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast fix from. Um, plus, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash warrior, where we release a new video every week. So be sure to subscribe there and hit that little bell so that you don't miss a single episode. And until our next Warrior Life podcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us and leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare, train, survive.